For more interviews with leading figures in Asia from the world of business and beyond, head to the App Store or Google Play to download the Tiger Hall app. You can bring humour to almost any situation. And therefore, just trying to lighten the mood in that situation, I think, helped get the minister to crack a smile, which I managed to do a couple of times, just helped to kind of ease the tension there. So I I think we shouldn't discount the value of humour in really tense situations. We're in the Tiger Hall with Simon Milner, Vice President of Public Policy for Facebook in Asia-Pacific. For this conversation, we're going to be talking about how to handle tricky situations. Now, Simon, you've dealt with a lot of difficult situations in your career. The big one that comes to mind is how, following the Cambridge Analytica scandal, you were Facebook's representative at a number of parliamentary hearings, often being questioned for hours at a time. Then, of course, tricky situations arise in the day-to-day. There are the internal matters you come across while managing Facebook's many stakeholders and leading a team of around 60 people across the region. So given everything that you handle on a regular basis, I'm curious to know what makes a situation or a conversation tricky or difficult for you? Wow, Pippa, there are so many different types of conversations and some which you think are going to be straightforward and really aren't. And actually, I've learned a lot having moved to Asia two and a half years ago about handling tricky conversations in different cultures and with different, you know, some very different people who are part of my team. And then when it comes to the outside world, it can be, you know, those cultural sensitivities can also be extremely important. For instance, if you're dealing with an issue in Pakistan compared to Thailand or Japan or Australia. Uh, There are very different modes of how people interact. So you're always learning. And uh, hopefully, some of the lessons I've learned along the way can be helpful for listeners as well. Can you talk a bit more? What makes a situation or a discussion tricky for you? Well, look, when uh, things are really misaligned, so for example, with a country, if if we're having engagement with a a senior minister, or maybe even a prime minister, where they have a fundamentally different view about what we as a company should be doing compared to what we are either do or what we're prepared to do, those are incredibly difficult. And you know that this is not going to be a conversation which frankly ends well, and probably will be very scratchy. And so I'd say the situations where you have a fairly low confidence about a positive outcome are the trickiest. Uh, And then internally, sometimes it's about meeting new people, um, particularly people whose uh, role you might have a concern as to kind of how is this person's role going to interface with mine? Is it going to, you know, is there an overlap here? And and that person may have been told something different about what their role is and your expectations. And I expect probably most people listening to this have had that experience in their working lives and thinking, well, do I, as it were, confront this new person and say, well, hang on a minute, that's not what I understand your role is? Or do I listen and then talk to my manager about it? And so kind of judging how far to push when you're feeling uh, maybe threatened or concerned uh, and how much to just hold back taking the information and say, look, especially given this person's new, this could just be a kind of a misunderstanding. Let me take it outside of this meeting. So I think those, I say that's a kind of couple of examples of what can make things very tricky. And then look, I just want to want to be clear when uh, you're dealing with uh, somebody in your team, I say a direct report, 
and uh, say you're conveying to them how you feel they're underperforming and they get very emotional about that, uh, that can obviously be very difficult because, you know, you empathize as, as a human being. You don't want to upset people. Nobody wants to make somebody else cry. Uh, but also recognizing it's a natural human reaction when you're feeling under stress and upset. And so just giving somebody time to collect themselves uh, and then coming back to the issues. Those are pretty uncomfortable situations, I think, for all of us. So has has what you consider to be a tricky situation changed for you over the past 10 to 15 years of your career? No, not particularly. I mean, I think that, you know, the tricky situation is one where things are not aligned and where people disagree uh, most of the time, not because they're kind of bad people. It's just that people come at things from a different perspective. Uh, they have different objectives uh, and therefore you're trying to find a way through a problem. And that can be very personal. That, For instance, if you want to restructure an organization to make it uh, more effective and to balance out workload across uh, managers and you you can feel like this is perfectly logical and sensible and any reasonable person would agree with it. But of course, if you're one of those people affected by it and you feel that you're losing out, then, you know, that creates a tricky situation. And I've had to do reorgs the last 20 years of my career and uh, it's never not tricky to navigate those kind of issues. And then when it comes to external facing matters, I'd say, look, are are the number of issues tricky? Yes, because of the company I work for and how sensitive... um, some of the issues that we're dealing with are and the fact I'm having to deal with so many different governments now compared to any previous job I've ever had, that kind of escalates the number of tricky and difficult situations you could be in on a week-to-week basis. Mm. So, From a personal standpoint, would you say it's trickier to handle external parties like governments you frequently have to deal with or internal teams within the company or personal conversations even with your family or friends? Are there any similarities or major differences that you'd like to highlight among the three. Yes. So particularly in my role where I'm and I lead a team for the whole of Asia Pacific, it's quite unusual for me to build any kind of long-term relationship with an external stakeholder. So, you know, I will dip in and out of particular countries. And so I might be meeting, you know, Prime Minister Imran Khan of Pakistan, but it's very unlikely I'm going to ha- going to see him again from year to year, right? It's my local Pakistan team that will have uh, that relationship with him and his people. Whereas when it comes to people in my own team, of course, I'm seeing them every week. And, you know, when we were in the office, some of them every day. Uh, and so there's that uh, kind of long-term relationship, which uh, can mean that you're, you know, and having to cr- kind of remember where things stand with someone can be a bit harder. Uh, it's not as if you go into briefing, you go into key meetings and somebody's prepared a briefing for you, uh, which tends to w- be what happens when I deal with people externally. So I think that there is a distinct difference, therefore. Uh, and what you don't have typically in the external stuff is you haven't built up a rapport. You haven't built a relationship over time of trust. So that can often mean that um, things can, you know, it can be very difficult to get that trust established in order to resolve a problem externally, whereas hopefully, certainly in my experience over time, it becomes easier to handle tricky things with people in your team uh, that you've, A, hired maybe, but certainly helped develop, helped build their career, helped them have uh, success and impact, then when you have to deal with difficult issues with them where they're concerned about it, uh, that can be more straightforward. So Simon, can you talk a little bit about the difference in your approach when handling tricky situations externally versus internally? 
Yeah, look, I, I think those two watchwords of kind of staying calm and trying to be as empathetic as possible still apply. But I, but just to be clear, I think the empathy bit is harder typically externally. Yeah, yes, you'll have a, I have a briefing from my team, uh, usually very thorough. I have a really good sense of, you know, where this individual is and what it is they're trying to achieve. But I don't know them. I don't know them personally. I don't have a sense of what, you know, what's going on in their lives. And therefore it is true trickier to be properly empathetic to properly put yourself in their shoes and that can mean that you're therefore having to uh, adapt to the unexpected more often I would say in terms of external engagement and external tricky situations than internal Uh, especially if you've been in a company a long time I mean I've been in Facebook eight and a half years and so there isn't much I've not seen yes there are new people all the time so we're growing so much which is a great great thing to be you know great experience to be in but you know the typical situations of, you know, whether it's a, you know, a big cross-functional meeting where people are talking across each other or a more intimate one-to-one or an introductory meeting, you've kind of been through those conversations before. But externally, especially with, say, a new minister who's new to the portfolio or a particularly critical uh, situation that's developed in a country, um, say over a terrorist incident, you've just got to expect the unexpected more uh, in those situations and therefore be able to adapt your style on the fly a bit more in response to uh, what you're hearing. So I think maybe look, you should always be a good listener and that's a key part of being empathetic. But in particular in those external situations, kind of taking notes, listening into when you might be on a panel, say, with other pe- people from other companies, really trying to tune in to what's going on here. Because if you can pick up something that that minister has said earlier in the conversation and play it back to them, that's a way of building empathy. Uh, so yeah, I think there are, there are definitely, it's more challenging. There's no two ways about it. Mm. So given everything that you do, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, but could you share a couple of them with us now? Any anecdotes around tricky situations you faced and how you handled them? Yeah, so this is one is kind of going back quite a long time, but it may be give an indication of what happens when you first start a new job. So way back in the previous decade, I was secretary to the BBC, which means I was in charge of the governance and accountability of the BBC. And I reported to the director general, who's like the CEO of the BBC uh, and the chairman of the BBC. Uh, and we had an issue early on that this new director general, who'd been, had kind of started the job earlier than expected for various reasons. And there was a newspaper story that he still had several million pounds worth of shares in a rival broadcaster. And this was a kind of an issue that fell into my lap almost day one of, oh no, what are we going to do? And I have to say that I, uh, this is one where I really didn't know what the playbook was. I wasn't sure what, what to do about this. And it was in that situation, what I learned was actually, even if you've got the responsibility for solving this problem, if you're very new or you've not addressed it before, the most important thing is to find those wiser, uh, kind of more experienced people and talk it through with them. And so there was a person who was the director of corporate affairs who when I talked to him, he said, Simon, you, what you've got to think about this is think through to the end game. So yes, the director general doesn't want to sell his shares because he's going to take a hit, but think through to the end game. What's, what's eventually going to happen here? And, and what's eventually going to happen is he's going to have to sell the shares. So much better that he uh, makes that decision himself sooner and rather than have it dragged out of him by the media. So to me, that was an example of a tricky situation where the thing I learned is rather than just trying to figure it out myself and then go and try and you know persuade the director general to do something he probably didn't want to do, actually consulting with 
with somebody been around longer who'd seen been through more of situations like this was invaluable any other stories you can think of well i I mean let's talk about reorgs so when i came to uh, asia and i took over the the policy team here uh, pretty much everybody in the team reported to me um so i think i may i certainly had more than a dozen direct reports and i needed to kind of add in some layers create a new structure and it took me two or three goes to get this into a place where i felt i was happy with it but and then when i announced it to the team one of the reactions i got from people was hey why didn't you consult us more on this to the people who are affected by it. But the reason why I didn't do is because I knew I wouldn't get be able to get to consensus. Uh, and what I would be, would be facing a challenging situation of everybody having conflicting views about what we should do with the organization and probably putting me, I think, in a position where I'd be less able to follow through on what I thought was the right thing to do uh, for the organization and the team. Um, but it was a lesson for me in, look, even if you can't fully consult people, let people know that there is a process going on and kind of warm them up to look I'm, I'm almost there I've now got approval for it we're going to be I'm going to be announcing it in the next couple of days and to try and find at least some process solutions or solutions or approaches which make people feel like uh, they've had more of a say in it without probably giving them the full kind of consultative approach so I think reorgs are always difficult and especially as they take time to play out pretty sure now the people who were unhappy about it and are still in the company would say actually it was the right thing and I'm glad we did it but equally I you know I wish they probably could have found a better way to handle it at the time nice and a- any further examples that we can dive into Wow. Well, look, there are so many examples in terms of external engagement. I mean, I'd say probably one of the trickiest of my career was the hearing that took place in Singapore in the week of the Cambridge Analytica scandal breaking, where I was uh, told by my team for good un- understandable reasons, this is going to be an hour and a half. You know, they're going to stick to fake news and not going to go into Cambridge Analytica. And, you know, it, it should be relatively straightforward. And of course, it turned out to be completely different than that. It ended up being a six hour hearing. The first three hours of which were just me being quizzed by probably the greatest uh, legal mind in Singapore, I'm told, Minister Shimugan, and grilling me incredibly hard. Uh, it was the by far the trickiest thing I've had to deal with, and, and in a very public way, because this was all being filmed. Uh, and so it was, you know, the, I suppose, what, what did I learn from it? Look, you can, you can bring humor to almost any situation. And therefore, just trying to lighten the mood in that situation, I think, helped <laughs> trying to you know, get the minister to crack a smile, which I managed to do a couple of times, just help to kind of ease the tension there. So I, I think we shouldn't discount the value of humour in really tense situations. So just in regard, Simon, to the parliamentary hearing, what do you do when you've prepared everything that you could possibly prepare and then there are all sorts of surprises? Okay, let me let you in on a secret. Um, you use some of the, the approaches that is used in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? This was taught to me before I did my very first parliamentary hearing, that if you get a difficult question you don't know the answer to, you have some other options. So one of them is you can ask the audience. In this case, it's the panel themselves. And you could say, look, that's a really difficult issue on which we don't have answers. I'd really love to hear your perspective on it. So you can almost throw it back. You can uh, phone a friend. In this case, hopefully if you're on a panel where there are other people, uh, from other companies, you can try and throw it to one of them and say, well, actually, I think that's more of an issue for Twitter because of how their product works and try and get somebody else to answer it. 
I don't think there's a 50-50, but the other thing you can do is offer to write a letter. So you should never guess. Don't ever guess because you can get found out. This is on the record. Um, I did a parliamentary hearing in Australia just in the last few days. And one of the things I was told was, this is all on the parliamentary record. So never, ever guess. But you can say, look, I don't have the information to hand. Uh, let me you know, follow up in writing with the committee. Okay. So to end, what would you say is the number one key mindset that helps you when you're in a tricky situation? Can I have two? Oh, please, yeah. Can I have three if you like? Okay, so first, try and, st- <laughs> try and stay calm. Because if you get worked up about something, even, so even if your stomach's turning over, as it were, try and stay calm in the situation. The calmer you are, the more able, the, the more likely that other people will stay calm. And then also just try to, you know, empathy is so important. Putting yourself in the shoes of the other person and thinking about what pressures are they under, uh, I think really does help you. And by just by showing that empathy to someone and talking through, look, I presume from your perspective, this is how it feels, can just put people at a greater ease and, and therefore there's more likely to be some common purpose around getting through that tricky situation. So I suppose those are the two main things. 